Welcome. I am a lay Shin Buddhist who nevertheless maintains an interest in the broader realm of Pure Land and Mahayana Buddhist teachings. My YouTube channel is called Akala Akala, that is A-C-A-L-A-A-C-A-L-A. In these podcasts, I make a non-scholarly, humble, and sometimes bumbling attempt to explore a particular topic or question related to the wonderful Buddha Dharma. I hope you find them to be of interest. With that said, let us begin. So, I don't ordinarily comment about current events, but at this time, in March 2020, we, as a world, are undergoing an incredible human catastrophe with this COVID-19 infection. Changes are happening with lifestyles all over the world as a result of attempts to mitigate the negative effects of this virus, which has already killed tens of thousands and may kill many tens or hundreds of thousands more before it subsides in the world. What a tragedy. And in the context of Buddhism, this brings to my mind greater awareness and thoughts about death. In the Five Remembrances, the Buddha encourages us to contemplate the realities that I am sure to become old. I can't avoid aging. I am sure to become ill. I cannot avoid illness. I am sure to die. I cannot avoid death. These are the first of the five, and a little bit later I want to talk about the so-called four reminders. But first, just to put this in a little context, I want to quote a little bit from the book called The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker, which was published in 1973 and won a Pulitzer Prize in 1974. Becker points out that man is out of nature and hopelessly in it. He is dual up in the stars and yet housed in a heart-pumping, breath-gasping body that once belonged to a fish and still carries the gill marks to prove it. His body is a material, fleshy casting that is alien to him in many ways, the strangest and most repugnant way being that it aches and bleeds and will decay and die. Man is literally split in two. He has an awareness of his own splendid uniqueness in that he sticks out of nature with a towering majesty, and yet he goes back into the ground a few feet in order blindly and dumbly to rot and disappear forever. It is a terrifying dilemma to be in and to have to live with. It is only if you let the full weight of this paradox sink down on your mind and feelings that you can realize what an impossible situation it is for an animal to be in. I believe, Becker says, that those who speculate that a full apprehension of man's condition would drive him insane are right. Who wants to face up fully to the creatures we are, clawing and grasping for breath in a universe beyond our ken? Necessarily, the existential dualism makes an impossible situation, an excruciating dilemma. Everything that man does in his symbolic world is an attempt to deny and overcome his grotesque fate. 
He literally drives himself into a blind obliviousness with social games, psychological tricks, personal preoccupations so far removed from the reality of his situation that they are forms of madness. Anyhow, The Denial of Death by Becker is a worthwhile read. And his point that we tend to deny death was certainly reinforced by many others, including Trungpa, the Rinpoche, who makes a great emphasis on this in his lectures. We all know intellectually that we are going to die. You know, we can say it, and I have said it to myself. In fact, I have told friends that I have thought about it every day in recent years, but never in so vivid a form as in these last few days and weeks since the onset of this novel virus for which we have no vaccine and no treatments. I retired from my primary professional activities back in 2008, and since that time my mantra has been, every day is a gift, and I have felt very pleased to have this opportunity to have a phase of my life when I could choose what I wanted to do, literally, each day of my life. But the idea of life and each day of life being a gift has never been so vividly experienced by me as it is now, being a 71-year-old who theoretically is more at risk from this virus than younger folk. In any case, what I want to tie this experience into is the doctrine of the four reminders which the Buddha left to us to contemplate. And the first one of these does relate to the preciousness of human life. We have a habitual pattern of forgetting the preciousness of human life. The preciousness from my perspective that each day I can make and need to make decisions that reflect an awareness of this preciousness and to use the time that I have during this 24-hour period to make the most of it in terms of how I can do things or say things that could potentially help other people. That then becomes the highest priority. Whereas in the past, when I've said every day is a gift, I might utilize that opportunity for frivolous kinds of things, just sort of pursuing entertainments or activities that pleased me as was befitting with my personal inclinations or hobbies. I can't do that anymore. And from my perspective, the best thing I can do is try to promulgate aspects of the Buddha Dharma so that others may gain benefit and comfort from it. So again, the first reminder is, this life is precious, or as Trungpa said, joyful to have such a human birth, difficult to find, free and well-favored. And of course, this is a traditional kind of notion within Buddhism, is that to be born as a human is a great opportunity. And having been born as a human, to be exposed to the Dharma is yet a greater opportunity and allows us the possibility of transforming our consciousness, which can be a great burden in the context of thinking particularly about things like our demise, into a state of enlightenment where we can be accepting of the fact that we are each an aspect of this cycle of rebirth. The second of the Buddha's reminders, which is most relevant in this particular instance, is that the reality is that all things are impermanent and that death is inevitable. And our tendency, absent contemplation on this reminder, is to ignore this fact of life. 
or as Trungpa says, but death is real, comes without warning. This body will be a corpse. The third and fourth reminders encourage us to contemplate on the immutable laws of cause and effect, and the fact that we are in a life that involves much pain in the guise of seeking pleasure. Putting together now all four of these in the context of Trungpa's translation, here goes. Joyful to have such a human birth, difficult to find, free and well-favored. But death is real, comes without warning. This body will be a corpse. Unalterable are the laws of karma. Cause and effect cannot be escaped. Samsara is an ocean of suffering, unendurable, unbearably intense. With regard to this notion of impermanence and death, everything changes. And yet this is, if we acknowledge it to ourselves, so hard to accept with respect to our own demise. The Friends of the Western Buddhist Order published a more elaborated version of these reminders, and I'd like to go ahead and recite them for you as I reflect on them and contemplate them myself in the context of trying to acknowledge this reality that life is indeed so precious and that I have an obligation to use it in the most positive way in the service of others, acknowledging the fact that its length is limited. So here goes, with respect to the precious opportunity, here, now, I have a chance to make something of my life. I have health. I have energy. I have the ability to think and feel freely. I have enough food and enough money to meet my needs. I live in a country that's free of war and many of the other difficulties people can face. I'm not trapped in a negative state of mind like madness, craving, hatred, or depression. All of these things can change, but while I have these advantages, I have a great opportunity. I have had the great good fortune to meet the Dharma. The Buddha taught it. It has been practiced down the generations. Thanks to my teachers, it has come to my country and into my life in a form I can understand and accept. I've had the good fortune to meet an effective Sangha, whose members offer me guidance and friendship. All these conditions have made the Dharma a presence in my life and made its practice possible for me. Am I making use of this opportunity this offers? How much time I waste! How much of my life passes in unawareness! How strongly my habits constrain me! I would be foolish to waste this chance! So let me commit myself to practicing as fully as I can. And number two, reflection on death. One day I will die. I cannot avoid it. It comes to everyone and it will come to me. Everyone who has lived in the past has aged and died. And those living now are aging and will die too. Think of the millions of people who have lived in the past. Where are they now? I see myself aging. Day by day, year by year, my body grows older, as I can clearly see. The causes of life are unstable and impermanent, and when they run out, my death will come. I will have to face death and meet it. The end of my life. 
I am like a fish caught in a net. I am like a prisoner condemned to execution. I am like an animal in a slaughterhouse. In my fantasies I am exempted from the general truth of death. But that is a delusion, and death will come to me, even me as well. The time of my death is uncertain. Even if I live a full lifespan, that is just a few decades. But death could come at any moment, in a few years, or a few weeks, or even today. There are many causes of death in addition to old age. Illness, accident, disaster, and violence. Every day people die in these ways, all of them having expected to live longer. Therefore, death is a presence that should be borne in mind. Everyone I know will die as well. One by one we will be taken by death. All my friends, all my family, everyone I know, everyone I love, everyone who loves me. In a hundred years we will all be gone. To face death I will need courage, forbearance, contentment, and a clear conscience. I need to be free of regrets, and that means using my time wisely. All that will matter at the time of death is spiritual practice. What will matter is what I have become in myself, the qualities of my mind, and the sense of having lived a worthwhile life through helping others. So I should live with awareness of the inevitability of death and of its imminence and I must make good use of my time through practicing the Dharma. So, anyway, I'm going to skip the last two sections of this offering by the Friends of the Western Buddhist Order regarding karma and samsara, and again, just focus some more on this idea of death. Which, again, as I say, up until now, I have thought about it often, and I have considered the implications of it, both in terms of what I need to be doing, what I should be doing in terms of how I spend my time, but it has never felt, as the ending of that particular recitation said, that it is imminent. It could be imminent, because we don't want to think about that. We don't want to consider the possibility that actually, in reality, we are going to die. But this COVID virus, it has struck that note of reality in unmistakable terms. Simply going to the grocery store or having contact with a stranger could result in infection that, given my age, could result in death. And in the meantime, whether I survive this or not, clearly many, 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 many people are not surviving it. And what a tragedy that is for them, for their loved ones, for the whole world. There's not a whole lot I can do. I can't save everyone, but one small thing I can do is to recite this brief loving-kindness mantra. May I be free from enmity and danger. May I be free from mental suffering. May I be free from physical suffering. May I be happy. May my relatives and friends and fellow meditators be free from enmity and danger. Be free from mental suffering. Be free from physical suffering. May they be happy. In the entire universe, whatever beings that move on earth, on water, or in air, may they be free from enmity and danger. Be free from mental suffering. 
be free from physical suffering. May they be happy. And in the context of my Shin Buddhist beliefs, my belief in the path of the pure land, I give this reminder to myself regarding Amida's light. The light of wisdom exceeds all measure, and every finite being receives this illumination that is like the dawn. Every being is nurtured by this light. The majestic light transcending forms is beyond description. Namo Mirabutsu. With that, I will sign off by reciting the Nembutsu in gratitude for being embraced and accepted just as I am by Amida Buddha, never, never to be abandoned. Namo Mirabutsu. Namo Mirabutsu. Namo Mirabutsu. Thank you.